The SmackDown Live after the Royal Rumble. It is January 29th, 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary. And uh, Raj, who is joining us again tonight? Three in a row. Michael Michael Wiseman, yeah, here again. Busy week for him. He did the Winkly this morning as well. Uh, Michael, how are you doing? Doing good. I was going to say, Glenn, technically it's four in a row for me because this oh, is wow. two for Tuesday. So you can ignore poor Nick Halsman over there. Him and I had a show earlier today. So, yeah. Wow. It's all good. Get no respect, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all over the place, man. So let's start with the breaking news before we jump into uh, the SmackDown stuff. Should we do that first? Should we talk about the news? The news of the day? Yeah, sure. Let, let, let's Let's jump right into it. Well, God, actually, I feel like a lot of news, a lot of stuff to discuss coming off of uh, last night's Raw, which I apologize for missing the show last night. Guys, it just was not doing so hot. Um, but and we missed you, just for the record. You missed the show, and we missed you. I just want to throw that out there. I'll tell you that whatever happened last night almost overshadowed today with news that Dean Ambrose has said he's not renewing his contract, and the WWE confirmed it, that uh, he is uh, he's out of there, I guess, after WrestleMania. Now, a lot of disputes on Twitter about this. I believe Pro Wrestling Torch originally broke the story, Rush? Yeah, yeah, the Torch broke it last night. Um, yeah, saying basically basically it happened on Monday. Uh, so yesterday, Ambrose uh, he had been negotiating a new deal. Uh, he got one that had a big raise. Um, uh, I think PW Insider was reporting it was over seven figures per year for five years. And he turned it down. I guess he hasn't been happy with how he's been used creatively. I can't blame him. I mean, Mitch the Plant and, you know, all this stuff over the years. Mitch the Plant uh, was incredible. What are you talking about? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, that's not his style. <laughs> and so, and wearing the big cowboy hat in Las Vegas and all that kind of stuff. So, I thought uh, he was wasn't happy. Great. I say I thought it sucked. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was great. I loved his arc with James Ellsworth versus AJ Styles. I thought that was great. See, uh, I... I, I Everything recently, I like the more serious stuff, the more, uh, so, you know, me and Michael were talking about this last night, you know, the more comedic stuff he does, it just takes away that edge with which he can have. And, um, so yeah, I, you know, I've age lately has been lame. No, I, no, 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 it's not edge is not the, the edge is good. Edge is still in style. Just WWE values comedy above all else. And it's, it's kind of that goofy, silly, our truth style comedy. And, I think that's hurt Dean Ambrose and his perception in the fans' eyes for a while now. Yeah, he's kind of just yeah. He hasn't felt like a, a real top guy in forever. Um, and he always, you know, when it was the Shield, he always stood out when uh, when they were first together and with his promos and and when they were that badass group and he would you know talk his smack. He was he was great. He seemed like the breakout star of the group, and then they sidelined him with comedy. And he, yeah, you know, that, he was good. He was good at it a lot, but it wasn't a main event act. I think that's his thing too, though, right? You, you mentioned this, Raj. His his he was the mic worker for the Shield when they were kind of coming onto the scene, and he set the tone for them in a way that really I think catapulted their careers. And when he does the comedy stuff, it takes away from the one thing he's really, really, really good at. Now, he's a fine worker. I'm never that engaged by his matches. And I think when you take away the real intense Dean Ambrose mic work, you lose a lot of what Dean Ambrose can be. Yes, he's unhinged, and that's his whole thing. But he's a serious one. He's like, uh, you know, he's he's like the the bat. He's like the Joker, not the funny Joker, but the stuff that Joker does that's dark. That's the unhinged Dean Ambrose we need. And they lean too much towards the Jack Nicholson or, um, or the you Batman know, even, TV show Joker, nineteen fifties, yeah, unhinged. Joke. Anyway, there you go. 
really like the Joker. I mean, the Joker, I see what I think he's more like is remember Wolverine at the start of the first X-Men film. He's just fighting in cages, got no friends, like no sense of humor. Just this guy who just sort of lives for the fight. And similar to Wolverine with Dean Ambrose, they try to humanize, they try and add backstory, they try and add comedy. And I think to get him back to just that badass cage fighting guy, I think that's a good gimmick. But what he's been doing lately, I just don't get it. Yeah. You know, he's coming out dissing the towns, wearing the gas mask, that whole thing. I just don't think that really uh, captures the intensity in the right way, if they're going to go that route. If he was Wolverine, he's become, as of late, Wolverine Origins. I think that's the comparison here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, uh, yeah, he's been hurt badly by creative. So, uh, yeah, WWE sent us a statement um, that they ended up posting on their own website and sending it around that he is leaving uh, his contracts up in April, and he's not renewing. Uh it's kind of they, there haven't been many times when they've done this. Um, you know, I, I, I posted an article earlier. There was uh, the first time I can recall was Randy Savage um, when he announced on. I think that's the only time I could think that they did it on TV. Where on TV, Vince McMahon said we didn't come to terms on a deal to you know renew. Uh, come to terms on a new deal. Uh, he wished Macho Man uh, the best. You know, uh, praised him for his. Uh, commit, you know, for his, um, gosh, it's been long, four days, uh, for his uh, achievements. And, um, and yeah, so that was the first time I recalled him doing that. And then the second would be with Diesel, when Diesel was uh, gave notice. And this it's almost exactly like this with Ambrose. It was like January, early February. Uh, Diesel, Scott Hall did too, but they didn't mention Scott Hall. They publicly announced Diesel on their AOL page in 1996. And he still, you know, was with the company for several months, had a match against Undertaker at WrestleMania, had a world title match on the pay-per-view after that, and then left WWE after. That was, I think, his last TV appearance was losing Sean. To go to WCW. uh, To go to WCW that summer, you're right. And look how that turned out for WWE. That's that's why I think... Turned out huge. No, for WWE. for WWE. It turned out huge for WWE. It led, it got them to get their asses kicked, and then they changed direction, and that started the most successful era in the history of the business. We got Diesel version two. We we got Razor Ramon <laughs> version two. It was amazing. It was incredible. <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, I think I think this is a work. I think that knowing what I know about Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, his character, this seems like the type of uh, blending the almost Andy Kaufman esque is it real? You know, blending that line between kayfabe and reality. Um, unless they take him off TV immediately or punk him out to Kurt Hawkins uh, before he goes, because why? No, seriously, <laughs> they punk him out to Nia Jax. I don't think. I mean, that's almost worse. <laughs> Kurt Hawkins will be the worst if that's first Kurt Hawkins' first win. In fact, if he's staying and this is a work, they should put him in a feud with Kurt Hawkins because everyone will be expecting Kurt to go over. That would be a good subversion. I'm I'm betting more people would want to put Kurt Hawkins over than Nia Jax. Yeah. I don't know, man. This seems weird. Unless he's off TV uh, going forward, I just don't think they would. Right, they didn't do that. With, they didn't do that before with Diesel. Yeah. Um, again, but what happened? They kept him on TV. Diesel went over to WCW. Him and Scott Hall kickstarted WCW in a major, major way. Really did the firing shot of the Monday Night War that really put it into overdrive. I'm telling you, with AEW and everything else going on right now, I don't know why. If yeah. they're offering guys double money to sign on the spot, why would they keep putting Dean Ambrose on TV for 70 days? Well, he or just that, gave his notice yesterday. Yeah. Oh, you mean you go going forward? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That will be what's telling about this. If he's off TV, if we never see him again, well, you, I think it's for real. Because you, you, 
I don't think you just want to pull them off TV. That almost builds the uh, uh, mystique. Builds it his, builds the mystique. Yeah, yeah. mystique a little Although, bit. Although, you want to job better him out. Story. Yeah. Well, if they job him out, okay, if they bring him on TV and job him out, yes, I believe this is real. If he disappears from TV. They already kind of have been. I mean, he was did nothing in the Rumble. He was eliminated pretty quick by Aleister Black. Um, you know, lost to uh, Seth Rollins. Then after that, gets punked by Nia Jax. Uh, they're quickly, you know, they, they're putting this into fast forward, the, the jobbing out stuff. Yeah, but guess what? Trust me, this is leading to Ambrose losing to Nia Jax. Here, here's what I don't get, though. And, and, and honestly, I tend to believe that this I, I you know, Glenn, I think your conspiracy theory here, I, I kind of buy into it just a smidge because we got the weird segment last night, which people are saying, oh, that was a shoot with Dean Ambrose being out there. And, um, you know, people are now r- rumor mongering that he was trying to get a moment in. If you listen to the way that segment started, it sounded like he was like, let me be real for a minute. And and so we almost got the you know, quote unquote pipe bomb moment. It seemed like, but if this is some kind of WWE storyline going on right here, uh, that would be great. That's the right thing to do. You're getting fans invested in this in a big way. The other thing nobody's talking about is Renee young and not that it matters, but I think it does. And I think when your spouse work for the same company as you and you're on the road this much and you're doing all the things they do to walk away from that over creative differences, that's a, it's, I want to say it's a selfish thing to do because I don't know their relationship and their marriage, but that is a much bigger weight to take on strictly over creative differences. It's not about you're the not money. Gonna, if you're not happy, you're not going to stay at your, a job just because your wife is there. I mean, so Punk I walked away. AJ Lee was there, what, a year after? Yeah, at least. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, but Punk walked out. I mean, like, let's be real here. Punk literally walked off the job. Dean Ambrose gave notice, and, and Punk's Punk was a right, right, pocket, but it's the same know. thing with being on. Right, but it's it's the same thing as if you're unhappy, you're not going to just stick around well, uh, just because the, the travel with the wives. There's so many cases where, um, you know, uh, people, you know, someone else's wife works for the other company. You know, well, and that's where I think. Okay, so the question is, if they keep him on TV and they don't completely destroy him, is Renee's future an insurance policy enough to keep Dean from going off script or doing something nah. crazy? Nah, I don't think it matters. I, it, it, yeah. I don't listen in the eyes of WWE. I don't think I think they actually do a pretty good job of separating wives from husbands. I mean, um, Nick Aldis has been out there on the Indies representing NWA, and Mickey James is is fine. Like we're not we're not we don't, she's not been pushed back or used inappropriately as a result of that. Even when Nick has called out WWE on unions and things like that. So again, I, I don't think it will go that way. I just wondered about the opposite way about uh, Dean being influenced by Renee still being there. Maybe not though. I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I, I, you know, Nick Aldis talks smack about WWE all the time. Yeah. Uh, Punk buried WWE and, you know, went into all the problems with the doctors and everything when, when AJ Lee uh, was still yeah. with the company. It's two different things. Uh, and I don't, but I don't see Ambrose being like that. He's a, I think he's a professional. He's just not happy creatively. Um, and, you know, he's someone that takes pride in his work and is not happy with how his, you know, character is going. He's not like going off script. He wasn't going to shoot on Monday Night Raw. Um, they would just cut off his mic, you know, yeah. and, and go to a commercial. There's not, no one's going to shoot. Um, so it's, what's the window? What's the window when his contract's up 45 days or 90 days? None. It, he's not, not being released. Uh, a, a non-compete is when you're released and you so come he to could be a double or nothing, double or nothing in his backyard. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Once your contract's up, that's why like, you know, uh, Cody and the, the bucks made the announcement on January 1st. Cause their contracts were ended on January 1st. So you're free after that. So he, okay. his contract's up in April. So he's free after that. So yeah, he could be at, uh, at double or nothing. 
I, I think this is a big, you know, I think this is a big one. If if all of this pans out and if we see Dean going to I, AEW would be the likely choice with the momentum behind it, the money being tossed around there. You you could say Impact, but do they really make it? Does it matter at this point for him to go to Impact? You could say Ring of Honor, but it almost seems too small fries for a multi-time world champion in WWE. I think we see Dean Ambrose if this does pan out and he continues on this path. I mean, he said he's leaving, but there's still that door is open for the next however many days. We see him at AEW. I think it's a big get for AEW, right? You, you know, you know, the Bucks are going to be there. You, you know, Cody Rhodes going to be there. Chris Jericho is a big name. He's the legend. He's the veteran. Bringing Dean Ambrose shows that that main roster guys in WWE can have a home somewhere else and be a main eventer on another big stage. That's Matt Impact Wrestling. They're doing good work nowadays, better than some spots, but they don't matter like AEW no, has they that would buzz. Have to give him, they would have to give him 20% of the company or something yeah. absurd <laughs> to get Impact. Sure. You know, I mean, depending on the day of the week and what it's worth, maybe even more than that. I think Impact would be a huge step down. AEW at least is new, right? I sure. mean, New Japan, yeah, Ring of well, Honor. Well, it's got a billionaire behind it. Yeah. You know, like AEW, they're throwing their money around. I mean, they're well, getting... Uh, you know, Kenny Omega, they're outbidding WWE for Kenny Omega. I mean, all signs are that he's signing with them and he's going to be there on February 7th at, uh, in Las Vegas. So and WWE offered him big money. He, they offered the Bucks big money. Mm -hmm. So they're getting people that WWE wants. You know, ROH, they did get Bandito, but, you know, WWE was offering him, you know, an NXT deal. Um, well, and that's so, the cool thing about this situation. If it's a worker, it's real. Either way, this could be massive. It's either going to result in a great storyline or a great potential move to an independent like AEW. If it's a work, I, I mean, I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised. I'm not, you know, completely shutting the door on it. I would, I would just be surprised at a publicly traded company sending out statements to the media about this, and it's turning out to be a storyline. Just they because literally they send out the statements about Donald Trump by Monday Night Raw a decade ago. Well, that's yeah, crazy. Like, They're crazy. And that was the point I made online when someone's like, well, they commented on Rhonda's thing last week. It's like, okay, Rhonda, the rumors about Rhonda leaving, yeah. that hurts their stock price. That learns, uh, hurts their bottom line. Do you think a single investor gives a shit whether Dean Ambrose yeah. stays with the company and what that's going to do for their profit? Well, you know, the, the Donald Trump thing hurt their stock price. Do you it guys did. remember? Yeah, because he's someone that you do not want taking over it. a company. He's someone you do yeah. not want taking over a company. That's why 10 years ago or whenever that happened, no, I mean, he was the kiss of death, show. you know, at the time. So, um, even the kids, they didn't think he could run a show. No one knows, knew what it meant. Donald Trump bought, you know, buys raw, but, um, this company just, I, I think the point here for me is I, again, I'm not totally bought in with Glenn here. I, I see the argument you're making, Glenn. I think it's actually pretty solid. I, I I'm interested. I'm intrigued, but, um, but this company does do some pretty crazy things, Raj, they, WWE, Vince McMahon, they think they're kind of bulletproof with some of this stuff sometimes. Yeah, and if the story's good, no one's going to be alienated. Yeah, oh, we lost uh, Raj in disgust in our conspiracy man. theories. Uh, he no, just put in his seventy-day notice too. I think yeah, is what no, happened. But there. they were talking about this with people online, like, oh, well, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't alienate the media and their fans. It's like if you watch Monday Night Raw, they alienate the media and their fans on a weekly basis. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and if it's a good storyline, no one will care. All yeah. will be forgiven if we like the way this turns out. Absolutely. I'm sorry, uh, I, I got cut off there. Um, can Can you repeat what you just said? No, all will be forgiven. No one will have hard feelings about reporting on this or covering this or believing it if it's a hot storyline and if it's good. It, 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 yeah, and that's uh, to your point, Glenn, and the, one of the reasons why I'm not 100% shutting the door on it being a work is they are trying to get a little edgier, uh, you know, 
lately. Uh, they are they do seem like they're trying to um, push the boundaries a little bit, even with Nia getting physical with the men at the Rumble. Uh, it does seem like they're starting to revert back a little bit to some of their attitude era days. Not you know not to that extreme, but uh, just trying to instead of going farther PG, uh, moving back a little bit. So if they want, if they did something that was super entertaining, it would turn out to be an awesome angle. More power to them. I, I would just be surprised uh, if that were the case. If this story is this hot, I think Dean comes out Monday and they say Dean Ambrose is going to address the WWE universe. And they'll say the kind of what you were saying, Raj, like this has become a cartoon. I don't, I'm not in this business. I don't want to be a superhero. I don't want to be a comedy actor. I just want to hurt people. I just want to fight. I just want that intensity. And I'm not getting that here. And then bam, Drew McIntyre or someone walks out and you know says, you want that fight? I'll give you that fight. And we get the new Dean Ambrose and this whole thing is bullshit. All, all the, uh, all signs are is not. Okay, it's, we'll it's see. Legit. These are his friends that are saying it. These are uh, the people that you know, like PW Insider, with their sources on the actual contract that was offered that was that was turned down. It's it, it, you would think that if they're doing it, they would drop a hint on TV, like they did with CM Punk with the pipe bomb. All that's done on TV. The majority yeah. of their audience is TV, not internet. So, although look how internet Becky Lynch has proved what you can do. In yeah, but all this stuff, all her big angles are on TV. She's True. not. You know, it's not like her stuff with Ronda's. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not all the major stuff is on TV. You're not missing what? anything if you're not watching the TV show. Here's my question about this, guys, though. In all seriousness, though, what does WWE have to gain from publicly responding to this? That's what I can't figure out here is why would they announce this? Why would they go down this route and not just write him off TV and then be done with it? I don't I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, that is interesting. The only thing I could think of was the the Kevin Nash deal. Like they've done it before. It's and it's it's weird, but they have done it before. Um, I mean, I agree with you. It do, it does seem odd that they would come out and and say it. I mean, we've I've reached out to WWE so many times on other things <laughs> similar, um, and you no know, you get no response or yeah, no comment or yeah. we don't we don't comment on that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, we were—I was surprised. Uh, I didn't even reach out to them on this because I figured they wouldn't, re- you know, respond. Nick reached out, and uh, he got the response. So that's why Monday, Monday, Monday. If he's on TV, he's going to they- be on TV. Through, I don't think he'll be at WrestleMania, he, but right. I think he's going to be on TV for the next couple months. Uh, they're going to, you know, bring him down the ladder. You don't want him going hot. You know, he was just Intercontinental Champ a couple weeks ago. He's going to probably, I don't know, probably face Tamina and Nia at Elimination Chamber in a handicap match. They probably beat him. Uh, then he wants Nia one-on-one, and then Nia probably beats him at, uh, at Fastlane. And then that's probably, that'll probably be it. See, I think if they're really going to punk him out, I think Kurt Hawkins, who else? No way, Jose. Kurt <laughs> Hawkins is kind of doing his thing with the revival now. No way, Jose. Yeah, just beating someone, they're, it's, they, they've already started the thing with Nia. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. clear that's that's where they're going. What's Adam Rose doing these days? Can we bring him back in to get a get a one up on Rose? Is... Himself up. He's clean. Yeah, he's I, that was not a slam at Adam Rose. It was just he's not an over guy. I was not. There was no personal <laughs> malice there, guys. Okay, I just say they, he's yeah. not a he's a he's a he's a lower card guy here. You know, I think they should bring Adam Rose back. He's in great shape. Uh, he got clean, took care of a lot of his personal issues. I that think... gimmick was bad, though. That gimmick. Oh, yeah. He, he shouldn't come back as Adam Rose. Yeah. No, Leo back Kruger, as, uh, baby. Leo yeah. Kruger. Let's do it. Yeah. Which Leo Kruger? The hunter Leo Kruger or the diplomat Leo Kruger? <laughs> you know what I almost wonder, too? 
uh, with WWE coming out with that statement. I wonder if it's so they felt maybe that he was playing them against AEW. And because a lot of times when you see that, when they come mm. public with a negotiation, when Spike TV uh, dropped WWE, they came out and said, we're done negotiating. And that was so they don't get as good a deal from the other side. And so by doing this, <laughs> it, it hurts him in his negotiations with sure. uh, other groups. So I could, you know, possibly that's a reason. I don't think Dean really cares about the money, though, um, or else he would have taken the deal. I mean, it's pretty well known. He lives in Nevada. Unless, he, unless he's going to get a ton of money from, you know, yeah. AEW is offering seven-figure contracts to these top guys. Yeah. But if you listen, so Renee Young has a podcast called Regular Girls, and she talks about her relationship with Dean Ambrose quite a bit and their lifestyle, and they're just happy. You know, they own their house. They hang out. They've got, I think, a, a dog, maybe two, and a good life, and it seems like they're content just to coast worst case scenario. So I don't think for yeah, him, it's really need about some money at some point, <laughs> some you true. can't coach for, you can't coast forever. Um, yeah. But if you own your house, you live in a state like Nevada, everything's already paid off. You don't have a lavish still, lifestyle. How much do you really bills. need? How much do you need? Raj, still how much lot. money do you need? <laughs> a lot. You got to pay much money property. Do you have Raj? Let's, you let's pay, take yeah. it here. <laughs> you got to pay. I mean, I got, we got to pay property tax, uh, your auto renewals every year, uh, um, you know, your whole foods bills, which I'm sure whole foods. there's your problem. Just yeah. Part of what, what do you guys have out there? Go to Aldi or whatever food lion, whatever you guys have. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it, but Dean Ambrose too. Listen guys, we, we speculate where he could go, and this is about creative decisions. We don't know. The statement that was said, the reporting that's been done, definitely said that Dean Ambrose has not been happy there and that he didn't want the money to turn that down. God, maybe Dean Ambrose just goes home for a few months. Maybe he just goes and hangs out and lives his lives his lifestyle for a little while and comes back in a year. Who knows? But it doesn't sound like he's sick of wrestling. It sounds like he's sick of how he's being used. He's not being able to to do what he wants to do. And it, it really seems to me um, like a creative freedom thing, not a burnt out from wrestling kind of thing. But but CM, I mean, CM Punk's a terrible example here, but it's the closest thing because he literally walked out the night and after And he Mania. was burnt out on wrestling. He, he was burnt out, but nobody knew that beforehand. If you remember, oh, it yeah. was so shocking. Oh, man, he was complaining in interviews all the time before that. Well, yeah, I, I think maybe <laughs> to the extent, yeah, yeah. He, yeah chat yeah, room is split <laughs> what between work and uh, yeah between work or for real and that's part of the thing i think that's what's beautiful about this is i love when they blur the lines and i think the wwe pushes that more and more i don't think this is blurring the lines or it'd be on tv if, if they yeah. if they mention this on tv then I'm a lot more convinced that it's a work. If they Monday. do it, if they shoot an angle where Ambrose is saying I'm leaving or something like that, then I'm way more convinced that it's a work. If he's just <laughs> going on with this feud with Naya and Tamina, I'm pretty sure he's leaving. And that's a loser leaves town match. Let's yeah, because what, what benefit are they getting out of that? He's feuding with Naya and Tamina on TV, and on the internet, there's this angle going on that he's possibly leaving, <laughs> serving the, the 10% yeah. that follow uh, wrestling on the internet. I want weekly segments on the WWE Twitter of him backstage cleaning out his travel bag <laughs> in his locker, right. giving stuff to guys like Seth. This is for you, buddy. I'm not going to need it anymore. Here's a shake weight, you know. A shake yeah. weight. Yeah. Well, if they do something on TV, I'll, I'll, I'll. Right now, I'm 90 percent that he's, you know, this is legit. If they did something on TV, then it's, uh, then it goes down to 50. But here's the other part about this with the WWE commenting, Raj. Us, I tell you, this podcast every Monday. This is what we're going to be, what we're talking about between now 
Well, that's not good for them. That's not what they That's want. what I'm saying. So why would they comment on this? Because and it was already there. It's, but, uh, it's so Andrade there. was unhappy, and that was a story. WWE didn't comment on that. The Revival supposedly asked for the release. Not that, but Andrade's contract wasn't coming up soon. He can leave. And did Dean Ambrose, I think Dean Ambrose arguably is the biggest star. So this is kind of funny because CM Punk, that whole thing happened five years ago, the day after the Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. He yeah. quit. The, yep. the night at the night after and i think ambrose is the biggest star since punk to be leaving the company on their or wanting to leave their company on their own accord so that there's a big difference between ambrose and then you know the revival asking for their release or, or uh andrade not being happy well, depending on the week and and the timing you know his contract being no no anytime ambrose <laughs> yeah. is a bigger deal i i, I and, and i disagree glenn i think you get out ahead of this in january you know what's out there and if you do raj's idea and he does get buried by nia jackson tamina and whoever else in the way out or, or whoever it is he loses to kurt hawkins it's going to be one of those things that you mention it in passing but it starts mattering less and less and less and and maybe that's part of the strategy here wwe is just strange they they've randomly picked to comment on certain things here and there in the last couple of years, things you would never expect, but they'll come out and say something about it. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's bizarre. The, the way they do it. their PR machine is their PR machine though. So they're, 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 maybe there's not a mastermind plan at all. They just said, listen, this is getting out ahead of us and we just want to shut it down and move on with our lives. So, okay. So here's the question to end this on. If they come out and issue a statement and say, by the way, this is for real and not a part of a story. Does that convince you more or less <laughs> that it's for real or part of the story? <laughs> I remember they did that with CM Punk in, in that art. I wrote an article tonight about the one time that they sent a statement that ended up not being true. And that was with CM Punk in uh, 2011. They CM Punk got in some hot water over uh, he, he used a homophobic slur, uh, not the F word, uh, one not as bad, but he used it at an Australian <laughs> live event and uh, got a lot of flack. Jesus. Glad got involved and WWE sent a statement saying, uh, his contract is, you know, he's done with the company after the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. They had been doing that storyline where Punk was challenging Cena. And, you know, he, <laughs> Punk, the storyline was Punk is contracts up and he's leaving with the title. And But they leveraged that to be a real life kind of, you know, pay off to Glad or whatever for, yeah. Well, you, you if you check out my article, the actual quote is there. It's, uh, the title of the article is, um, Yes, it's one of the top ones. Um, oh, yeah. The one time WWE said a top star was leaving and they didn't. WWE sent a statement to Glad and it said uh, the departure CM Punk. Uh, they told Glad that CM Punk's contract was expiring soon. He would not be Im immediately renewed and that he would no longer be with WWE as of July 18, 2011, the day after Money in the Bank. They wrote this departure is not part of a storyline. He is contractually leaving the organization course punk ended up beating cena uh and stayed with the company for you know almost almost three years after that but that but, was also true in their defense i mean he I, if i remember correctly he did not sign that contract until like the day of money in the bank oh yeah i thought it was like minutes before he went out yeah for the match. yeah well that's also what he told bill simmons and then later in a different interview he said that he didn't sign. So for so he so Punk was making different statements on when he signed. Uh, so after he won the title, he was claiming that he hadn't resigned. Then in the interview with Bill Simmons, he said he did it, you know, right before. So you got to take all that with a grain of salt too. I do That's believe true. he did resign around that time. Yeah. But, um, uh, but, but just, WWE did say that they were not going to immediately renew him. And, and it, it, yeah, yeah, that is the case.
Uh, and just to clarify, I wasn't uh, laughing when Raj said that he said a word that was uh, an a gay, anti-gay slur that was the not as bad as the F word. I was just laughing at the idea, like there's the scale of there words is. that are. Is there? I mean, it's yeah. all sort of, it's all about the intent. Like you, there's, I don't know. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, uh, as far as that goes, I thought you meant as far as like words as, you could say. Yeah, as far as words you could say. Look on TV. I mean, look, you can right. say anything if you say it in the right context. You can probably get away with it. No, but. not the, not the <laughs> c word. <laughs> in, in the UK, you can. In, in Great Britain, we're not in the UK. You can it's never true. say this. You can say ass and shit after like ten o'clock, but yeah, you don't hear that word. Yeah, yeah, it's all. Uh, I don't know. I think it's uh, intent. You know, if you're for saying a slur, it's a slur. It's it's a lot of this stuff right. is pass fail. But yes, I guess there are some words that are like the absolute worst. But um, they're different. I just levels. want to imagine that that WWE has like they've got you know part part of their writing team is dedicated to crafting stuff for PR. Like, hey guys, can you work us up a statement about about CM Punk? Can you can you guys just work? We need some storyline stuff here about Dean Ambrose. Can you guys deal with that on the creative side? So uh, yeah. part of us like they have like the big board in the back background at wwe hq where they map out all their storylines and have a little index card and like and then we'll have a pr statement and they put that up there and again you know and someone the note like could say can someone explain to vince that this word is not <laughs> as harmless as it used to be you know uh, and that's why I just what was it a man calls another man a bitch that's yeah. that's like the the worst thing you could say to another man it's big man language I don't know. It's crazy. It's weird. Uh, I want to take a break and thank the sponsor of this episode, which is Blue Chew. Hey, guys, you know, maybe your sex life back in the day, maybe you were like Dean Ambrose in The Shield. You know, you were just a badass. You were just ruthless. You just had so much aggression, so much testosterone. You were just oozing male sexuality. And now, now you're the guy wearing the fuzzy cowboy hat, cracking jokes, because let's face it, you don't have that animal instinct anymore. Good news is now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence back. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA active, uh, FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. It's the stuff that works. It's the real deal. It's none of this herbal crap. No, this is science, fine-tuned for you and uh, to unleash the animal within. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. You can bring the spontaneity back to your sex life. Have that spur of the moment action. Not have to schedule things. Raj, has your life gotten so predictable and you're so busy yet that your wife and you have to have like a shared calendar where you put time for intimacy? Is it that bad? You're in your 40s. I mean, when we're, nights were going out, yes, that does go in there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying forget all that. Spur of the moment. Make the magic happen. Pop a blue chew. It's go time, baby. Now, this isn't just for guys with dysfunction. If you have dysfunction, blue chew absolutely will give you back that peak performance. But if you already have some function, you want that extra function. You've heard me say it before. What do you get from blue chew? Super boner. That's right. We've tried it. Raj and I have gone on about it. Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan, the blueprint, the commissioner of Longwood has said his wife, everyone agreed, everyone, Matt Morgan, his wife, <laughs> everyone. I don't know some of the people he hangs with. There might have been an audience. That's a reference right there. Uh, Blue Chew's prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person's doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They are made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy, cheaper than your health plan, and we've got a special deal for you for just – this is free, just $5 shipping and handling. Go to bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code W-I-N-C. Again, just $5 shipping and handling. They're going to send you out like four or five pills. You're going to get go time times four or five with this free sample here. Bluechew.com, promo code W-I-N-C. 
who would choose the better, cheaper, faster, stronger choice? We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And yeah, man, great, great to continue our relationship with Blue Chew into 2019. When you want to get it going on, Blue Chew is where it's at. Promo code WINC to try it for free. Let's talk SmackDown. You guys got to warn me. This is a, a deep podcast. We open up about our, our personal lives and behaviors in ways that I did not imagine before getting behind this microphone. So well, now you know. <laughs> it's amazing, man. Blue Chew has uh, really changed. I, you know, and I, I, I'm really proud of this. So for people that don't know, my day job is I work on podcast advertising. I run an agency. Blue Chew has been one of my clients now since I got them into the podcast game. And one thing I love about this is we made it acceptable to talk about erectile dysfunction, to talk about sexual dysfunction and sexual problems. And if you listen to podcasts and hear the ads, I think part of the reason why it works and why people love it so much is that we're getting real. We're not being you know trashy about it sure. or vulgar about it, sure. but we're talking about stuff that guys experience. Because I don't know how you old you are, Michael. It's like, Raj, we're in our 40s, man. Like You start to notice a bit of a dip. You know, even if things are working, they're not working like they did in your 20s. And I love that we're able to bring that back and help people. It's a good feeling. Anyhow, <laughs> I get it. I'm dead. Totally I mean, <laughs> making a good feeling. Smackdown. There's your Smackdown. Second. Oh, my God. Tonight, Becky Lynch coming out, talking trash about Ronda Rousey. How she's going to challenge her at WrestleMania. Now, Charlotte Flair comes out and you think, oh, this is where it's going to happen. Charlotte's going to dispute it somehow. It's going to end up a triple threat. Well, that didn't happen tonight. But uh, Charlotte came out, talked a lot of trash to Becky. Instead of uh, having some witty comeback, Becky just socked her in the mouth. Stiff punch. Charlotte went down. Becky walked away. And I thought, man, this would be a great way to just end the segment here. But then no Charlotte attacked her. They kept fighting. And uh, chance of let them fight until we went to commercial. But uh, they're keeping this going Raj, is Charlotte an interim feud between Mania or is Charlotte going to get added to this main event match with uh, Ronda Rousey? According to the Observer, she's being added. I think that's a big mistake. We talked about it last night. I feel like there's some magic between Becky and Ronda. It feels like a huge deal. I felt like that seemed like such a such a bigger deal than uh, Rollins and, and Brock last night. And uh, I just think putting Charlotte in, it waters it down. I know some people are saying, well, it'll be a better match. I, dude, Ronda had a great match with Nia, you know, that – you know, they had practice. She'll, she'll have one with Becky if they get, you know, and they'll have time to practice it out. So I wouldn't worry about the quality of the match. Now, feeling like selling it, it's a little easier because you got, you can, in the media, you could say Ric Flair's daughter is in this match with Ronda Rousey. To me, I'd rather go with the story. And I feel like that story between Becky and Charlotte is just much, I mean, uh, uh, Becky and Ronda is just much stronger. And I think Becky's, I think, I still think is a, mistake that they had her lose to oscar like that um but i th i think she's just she's just really hot right now and you just go with it and don't don't water it down michael i i i, I really I like the surprise attack by Charlotte. I think Charlotte did a really good job of just the pacing of the segment really worked between Becky and Charlotte. Just, just want to talk about that for half a second, because I like the argument Charlotte made here. And I think it really did seem to want to, it's, it's the opposite of what we had last night. I think the issue I had with Rhonda last night is it didn't feel like anything she said stuck to Becky. That was my opinion. Right. And I think tonight what Charlotte said had some weight and it stuck the way she delivered it. I, I love the sucker punch. And I wish that had been what had Rhonda had done to Becky last night instead of her talking but again <laughs> you know i just think that would have been a fun way you ronda just gets so pissed and punches it works perfectly i agree with raj though that i think it is a mistake 
to to there is so much hype and there has been for some time between Becky and Ronda adding Charlotte could be a mistake I think the bigger mistake though is it seems like they're going to do this interim feud with her and Charlotte and use that as a way to get Charlotte onto the mania card I, I think and that could result in Becky even losing next month at, at the pay-per-view and I, that would be a that would be a big loss for your super hot red hot redhead yeah I don't know uh Raj Ronda Rousey feuds and fights which ones have you actually been emotionally invested in in WWE uh let's just let's say in general almost all of them in UFC really? yeah they were all huge deals like it was like an event uh, when Ronda would fight, and and it was one of those things. She was had that Tyson thing. It was like everyone knew she was going to win going in, but she was such a superstar that it you know it was it was a huge deal. And when she finally lost, I remember going golfing the next day, and people were talking about it on the course. You know, the group I was with, we had a group of twelve. We were d- divided up in three groups. They were all talking about it. I didn't know any you know hardly any of those guys watched MMA, and they don't. But it was just the talk of the you know. The what everyone was talking about is a huge deal. So I, yeah, all of Ronda's fights in the UFC were huge events, and I feel like they've taken that away from her. And this is the first time I feel like they've got a, a match there that feels like it could be something big. And that's m- more on Becky than Ronda. You know, I feel like she's uh, just because she's super hot, and you got a, you know, a, a person that people know is a big star in Ronda. So I think you just transfer that over. I think it's a no brainer. What about you, Michael? Which of uh, Ronda's feuds have you been invested in? Career, I, lifetime. I mean, I, I agree with Raj. I think she was something really special in UFC, and I, I think that's great. Here in WWE, her run has been odd. I think it's been sparkled in with some feuds that really didn't matter last summer that you knew she was going to walk away with and win. I she's going to win all of them. Well, yeah, but there for a hot minute, they were building up Stephanie McMahon and the feud there, and they kind of backed off of that. I mean, that was, I think... The big, the biggest thing she did was the way she debuted in the company, and and the way that she interacted with the McMahon's, uh, Stephanie and Triple H coming out the gate at Mania last year. Listen, last year at Mania, she was the talk of the show. There was a lot of things that happened at that show, but if you were there yeah. or if you, you were around the, there was a buzz about what she did. There. The match was weird. It was kind of sloppy. It was kind of she had rehearsed it, but the pop she got when she did that takedown was one of the loudest pops of the night. And then and, and it, it touched as somebody who was a skeptic when Rhonda came in, I, I, I kind of got it, but here's what I will say, Glenn, mm. the, the feud that she's having with Becky that goes back to last year before survivor series, that was probably the best feud that she has had in WWE. And the thing about it is they took it away from us. They promised us this awesome feud. No, they didn't this take awesome it away. Match. Well, we didn't she get it hurt. back then. Yeah, well, she got well, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying we is, we were denied. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, they did not take it away. We were denied this this great moment, and that makes it even the all the more. I anticipated even more as a result. You know. Well, I'd say I was definitely invested in Ronda versus Stephanie McMahon, uh, that mixed tag. I was invested in Ronda versus Amanda Nunes. I think everyone wants to see Ronda come back. Uh, more so than that, uh, Ronda versus Turtle and Entourage, where if he lasted a minute, she was going to go on a date with him. Very invested in that, just for chubby guys everywhere. I like to you know, see when a woman opens her mind that way. Uh, but Ronda and Becky, by far, is the one that has my attention the most. And yeah, I absolutely. Oh, by far. I think by yeah. far. I mean, there was a curiosity factor last year with the, you know, with the tag match, but I agree. Yeah. So I think uh, because with all these other ones, we, we just know she's going to win. Like, can I ask you something? Yeah. Rhonda, I mean, uh, Becky, you know how uh, 
with Charlotte, she has this. I, I I feel like it's only with Charlotte. I didn't notice it with with Rhonda, but when she's doing a promo and after she's done saying a sentence, she does this pouty thing. You know what I'm talking about? Who are you saying Rhonda does or Becky? Becky, she does like a. Uh, well, you better back off because the man's in town. Mm. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's, and I it's, feel it's, like she only does it with Charlotte. Mm. Go, you go one and watch that promo tonight. She keeps doing this pouty thing with Charlotte and. I'll check back with if she does it with uh, Rhonda too. But anyways, I, I couldn't. Uh, it was. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's I always like this. It's kind of like no. I know what you're saying. It's it's kind of like this. Ooh, I'm like she really feels herself. I feel like it's it's that that face she does. It's kind of like a duck face, but not not like your Instagram duck face. But it's like this. I'm like tough shit. I'm I'm badass and look at me. I, I think with Rhonda, all she did was smirk. The, I, I think Becky yeah. knows. Yeah, Becky with knows Rhonda, she people. was just smirking and smiling at what Rhonda was saying. Yep. And I, I, anyway, I, I just feel like with Charlotte, she doesn't do that. I don't know if it's a thing with Charlotte or she's done it in the past, and I'm just noticing it. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway. So we'll see. Uh, maybe next week they add Charlotte. I, I think maybe maybe this will be some stipulation with Elimination Chamber or Fastlane to get Charlotte into that match. Yeah. Yeah, they got two pay-per-views to go, so... Yeah. Um, okay, so this was a little you didn't see this coming tonight. United States title match, our truth versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Is did Shinsuke say he's not renewing his contract? Because uh that was a <laughs> weird non-finish that Shinsuke got stripped the title where it was a two-count basically, and our truth is the new United States champion. Yeah, there. that that ending looked weird, almost like uh Someone was out of position, or uh, or maybe it was meant to look to be like Nakamura actually kicked out, and it's disputed, so they build it a three way. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it was clear that our truth was supposed to win. I mean, you know, it was all time for Rusev to come out and everything, but the ending just looked odd. Um, and it was senior referee Mike Kyoto. He's one of the most elite officials in WWE, and he missed this spot here. Come on, Mike. Yeah, Kyoto. right. Like he his hand didn't hit three, right? He he hit no. well, so he hit the first. It was one, two, three, but when he came down, he did the first one. If you rewatch the spot, it was down in one, two, three. But there was daylight in there. I like the three count. There was daylight with the way the roll up was happening. They yeah. showed the replay. It looked worse on the replay than it did the first time. Yeah. Seeing so the, the referee, you know, like Kiyo. a botch. I, I definitely don't think like something unplanned happened. I just felt no. like the count was botched. Uh, like he yeah. didn't. He didn't. He just didn't count right. But anyway. And then Rusev comes out, challenges right away. And I don't know about you. I was like, oh, well, this is just a way to get the title back on Rusev. But no, yeah, our no. truth retained. Our truth beat Rusev. Yeah. And it looks like, and then they, Nakamura and Rusev both beat the hell out of our truth afterwards. I don't know. I, I, I just, I like, I find our truth to be an entertaining character, but I feel like him uh, holding the U.S. title. Last year, Nakamura won the Royal Rumble. Now he's losing to our truth. Um, it's just a, it's it's just kind of sad. I don't know. Our truth's an entertaining character, but it just brings the U.S. title down. And um, so, are we yeah. not getting the U.S. title open challenge every week with our truth? Is that is that not what we're getting? Is that what I'm, I'm sure? I'm sure there'll be some fun spin on how they do it. I do like the fact that they address our truth getting screwed out of his spot in the Rumble, and the McMahon's gave him something as a you know kind of a consolation prize. That's cool. I appreciate that little bit of storytelling there. I always like the finer details, but yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it makes a Nakamura look worse that he won last night just to lose it the next night. You know, it, it just, I don't know. I'm only half kidding. Do they think he's on his way out? Because this seems like something you do to a guy who's on his way out. Maybe, but why have him win the title at all? 
Well, what they're doing, it felt like to me, was they were pairing. They're finding an excuse to pair up Rusev and Shinsuke. And it seems like if, you know, we, we talked earlier on the show on the weekly today about them building back up the tag division. If you want more tag teams, you're going to pair up random guys in WWE because that's the only way they know how to build tag teams, even though you have lock, stock, and barrel, a, a great roster of tag team talent. But no, yeah. they want to pair guys up like, uh, you know, the bar and everybody else they've paired up with the past. And that's what they're going to do here. They're going to build these guys up into a tag team, and they're going to let them be a new tag team to challenge the bar because that's what we need. So, was Rusev getting booed tonight? Yeah, he was a heel tonight. I think he, he turned heel basically tonight. <sighs> so they're throwing away the one thing he so had going. Elias on. and Rusev both kind of turning heel this week. Hmm. Yep, yeah, seems silly. I mean, Rusev uh, was still over with the crowd. I don't know. Yeah, why, it was though. dying quick though. I, yeah. I can't say. Ever since Aiden left, it's been a steady decline. Yeah, who would have thought Aiden going to 205 Live would be like, well, maybe it's maybe not so bad for him compared to Rusev turning heel. Yeah, I thought that the whole thing was just, I was just like, especially after four days of watching wrestling, it's like, what the freak is going on? And it's like, ah, just, I'll just watch it. <laughs> not try to think about it too much. Uh, so backstage, uh, Gals and Anderson were talking trash to Rusev, challenging him and Nakamura as a tag team to a match. So... There we go. Yeah, at least they're doing something with uh, Gallus and Anderson. Their their contracts, I believe, are coming up. So, yeah, I mean, man, I I think uh, though it's still them backing up AJ with uh, against Daniel Bryan and his new vegan society would be a pretty good way to go. A new right? straight edge, yeah, no kidding. It's the new straight edge society, right? Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. And um, you know, you were talking smack about Adam Rose, Michael. Just real uh -huh. quick, I'm going to throw a plug here. Stay on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. He's doing a live Q&A here on the Wrestling Inc. channel right really? after this show on the Pancakes and Power Slams uh, show with Chris Feathers. Wow, Michael, you monster. I, <laughs> I'm not smashing Adam Rose. I'm going to let Chris know, <laughs> just in case Chris isn't listening, uh, to uh, send a report on any everything you've just said. <laughs> that gimmick was trash, y'all, okay? And it's not his fault, but that gimmick was hot garbage when it came to the main roster. All right. Just say it. You're going to answer to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very glad Adam Rose is doing well. And... Yes, absolutely. So check that out. Joe. Yeah, so if you're not tired... Stay on the YouTube channel. Check us out and check out Adam Rose. We have live Q&A. So he'll be answering your questions. Not my questions, obviously, but everybody no. else's. <laughs> You're banned. <laughs> uh, so we're supposed to have Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe, but got interrupted by Zelina Vega and Andrade, who beat up Rey. I liked it. Quick, yeah. to the point, keeps the feud going. It's not just rest them wrestling again. Just match, match, match every week. Doing stuff to further the feud along. And uh, Zelina Vega is great. Andrade looked fantastic. He, he, he looked like the main eventer. The suit was crisp. His actions were uh, were intense. I was like, put a belt on that dude. He need United States Championship. He would look great yes. with that around his waist. Why waste it in a comedy feud? Yep. Um, and maybe may, hey, they could still go that way. We got a lot of time. But Andrade beating our truth. Anyone beating our truth really is not that far fetched. And I don't mean that against our truth. It's just Ooh. he's been a comedy figure for so long. Well, Zelina and Carmella. That could be a good. So yeah. feud. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Um, we got a celebration with the Miz and Shane McMahon. They brought out the Miz's dad. He's proud of him. Yay. They showed another recap package of their uh, road to victory. And then we had uh, an elimination match to crown the new number one contenders for the tag team championships on SmackDown. The Usos versus the bar versus the new day versus heavy machinery. Where was sanity in this is every machinery on SmackDown. Seems like it. 
Um, this was something. Are, are they are, are they ever going to actually announce where these guys end up, or are they just going to like like Heavy Machinery is just now on SmackDown? Um, Even though they were on Raw two weeks ago, or whatever. Right. You know, they said like neither of them are picked up by brand yet. Well, when are they going to be? You know, right. I think it's it's kind of weak storytelling. But um, yeah, I thought I thought Heavy Machinery. I thought Otis uh, looked good. You know, I hope they get rid of his last name because I can never say it. Yeah. Dochevich? Dosevic, I thought. Dosevic. Dosevic, yeah. Yeah. I, I hate everything, uh, not everything, but a lot of things about the Shane McMahon, the Miz pairing to be the, uh, the, the tag team champions. I think it devalues those belts. But I got to tell you, I, I kind of dug the segment with these two guys. They just, I, I know they're probably being a little more earnest than I'm giving them credit for. So I kind of liked it in the ironic, like, this is hilarious to see them being so over the top earnest. But when you bring the Miz's dad out and you have him say in front of the live audience in the entire world, I am proud of you, son. It just, it's the perfect kind of just comedy. To, now that's a good comedy segment right there, not the R True stuff, but this right here, this was this was good stuff here. I I like that, but yeah, makes sense. A tag team match. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad they're going the direction they are with this. Uh, with some some new contenders in here, it should be fun. It's fun. It's funny with Shane. Um, and and bringing out Mrs. Dad and everything. I was kind of agreeing with Corey Graves here. Like, Mrs. Dad is kind of a dick. If it's taken this long for him to say he's proud of his son, his pr- his son won the WWE Championship and main evented a WrestleMania, and now he's proud. Uh, what a prick! And how he put over, he was like real, real happy he was pairing up with Shane because that Shane McMahon is something or whatever he said. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, it was inter- You know, it was it 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 didn't drag. It was entertaining, and it led to the next segment and. Uh, you know, Shane and Miz, they got good chemistry. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I mean, so the New Day uh, was out quick, then followed by... Yeah, so that yeah, that led to the four-way elimination match. Yeah, so and they were was... out, then Heavy Machinery, and then it came down to the bar versus the Usos with the Usos winning, and they're going to go on to face the Miz and Shane at Elimination Chamber. Yep. I, I You know, when I see the Usos and the New Day in the bar, I just my mind kind of shuts off because I've seen it so many times, these teams just, you know, week in and week out for years and years and years. So um, having heavy machinery in there mixed it up a little bit, but not quite enough. I, I got to admit this part of SmackDown was the part where I just really did not care. Yeah. The match, the match was fine. I mean, it, it was a, it was an, a match with a purpose. I always value matches that have something on the line. So I'm glad they went that route and they had to earn their spot. You know, they did away with automatic rematches a few months back. And it seems like they're really just doing that to make guys to have a reason to do additional matches to make guys earn the spots they used to get for free. So I get it. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a good match, but I, the Usos versus Shane and the Miz. I don't know. I think it's 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 tough to make that credible. With them beating the Usos, they'll probably get the best match out of them. Um, yeah, it's true. it's true. But yeah, the Usos have just been—you know—I I like what they reinvented themselves. But that was like a few years ago, and yeah, like two years at this point. Yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, after that, we got Daniel Bryan. Well, we got some stuff with Mandy Rose backstage. Can we talk about that for yeah, half let's a second? Talk about that. Yeah. Like, okay. like these guys on Raw, like if you're on Raw, you got to fight. I mean, this is a fair point by the announce team as well. The announce team was on point about a few things tonight. If you're on Raw, you got to earn your spot to er- be in the elimination chamber to, to vie for the women's 
tag yeah. team championship. But on SmackDown, just go out there and declare. Declare. Because- <laughs> I hate this declaring crap. Why wouldn't everyone do that? It, just, um, it reminds like me of that segment from The Office. The oh, I, declare I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb. Uh, it's It's just poor storytelling to just be able to do that. It's like, come up with something interesting or just announce them. It shouldn't be you can announce yourself. Um, I'll say this about Mandy Rose. She looks like a star, but her promo here, man, it was like, um, do you ever accidentally not turn on, turn off SmackDown quick enough? And the, the beginning of temptation Island comes on and they have those <laughs> their promos where they're, they're talking like, Ooh, my boyfriend, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> That's what Mandy Rose's promo seemed like. It was like that kind of acting. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was rough. She has a yeah. long way to go on that. Yep. So, uh, Fire and Desire. Is that their official name? Are they going with that? Sonya Deville, I think, is really good. I think I Sonya's feel like great. she's she's got great poise. She, her promo ability is great. Uh, Mandy Rose obviously has got the look. Uh, she needs, needs some work on the the promos. I like that they try to put a story in here and yeah. try to uh, you know tie in the backstory with the tough, tough enough. <laughs> but it's also so far fetched, and her acting was just so bad that it came across as like a really bad soap opera. It's you know again Temptation Island. I mean, it, tough it, enough. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say, it, it was the, the, them digging back into the Wayback Machine for this clip from Tough Enough is like what they did last night with reminding us that Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins used to be partners on another another life 10 years ago. Like, WWE just randomly chooses. They forget their history, except for these weird one-off times. They're like, you know what? We should dig in and do something from, like, way back when, you know? Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, wasn't this the least watched season of Tough Enough this last one? I mean, like, I feel like I really like that season. That's part of what got me back into this wave of watching wrestling, but... But I don't know. I mean, I, aside from. I don't think it was the least watched. It just had, it was on in a prime spot. It was on like on USA as opposed to like the previous seasons were on MTV. Yeah. So you could do lower ratings. Whereas on USA, you couldn't do whatever the 1.3 million that it was doing per week. Well, this was the second season on USA. The first was the one with Steve Austin. Stone Cold, but that was five years earlier. Yeah. And yes, it was lower than the, the Steve Austin. Uh, and that was a good season too. That Steve Austin season was fantastic. And it gave us uh, the greatest uh, Alicia Molina, Alicia Fox. <laughs> Alicia Fox versus Molina, the best <laughs> best match Cameron had ever seen. <laughs> Favorite match of all time. And you know, actually watching that match, <laughs> they had some good matches. I'm just going to say that it wasn't Farfetch, but Stone Cold's reaction to that. <laughs> So that's your favorite match of all time? I forgot about that. There's oh, somewhere on the site I talked to Cameron about that. And she, um, she's a good sport about it. Uh, so you, you should find that her talking about it. It's pretty great. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love Tough Enough. So they're doing a new thing now. It's like Diva Search 2.0. Uh, the same producers is Tough Enough, I believe. Buna Murray, who does uh, The Real World, is doing the search for the next WWE female superstar, is what they're calling it. Yeah. The working title. So we'll see. Spirit of I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like that at all. It just seems cheap. It's the diva search back. I don't know. We're are we past that? Well, but it's going to be where are you going to get these women from? So I mean, they're all tied up now in contracts. You know, like are they just pulling them from developmental? Or yeah, they... that's what they've done in previous seasons. How did you? I mean, you knew that, didn't you? And tough enough, like half the people on tough enough before were already no, signed. No, you had to. They legit did auditions and people flew in and yeah. I mean. Uh, you know, the Miz was uh, not in, in in the independence when he came on. He, you know, legitimately had no wrestling background. They did a bunch of people with no wrestling backgrounds yeah. on those shows. But Silent Rage, the guy that won last time, already was in OVW. The, the last season was weird, though. Silent let's, let's, Rage, I mean, Andy? 
Yeah, he was already uh, in 2020. Yeah, but, but Cameron was never in. Uh, that yeah. Miss USA, uh, you know, most of those people were never in. There were a couple that had indie experience, yeah. That last season was more like an NXT light. Back in the day, Tough Enough was a reality show where people who did not know how to wrestle, had minimal wrestling experience, came out and tried to become wrestlers. That's why I think that last season was not very good, and I think it missed the point of what Tough Enough is, it, you know. And Mandy, there's been like three winners that have really made it. You know, it's like John Morrison. Yeah. We did, yeah. John Morrison was a co-winner. Uh, Mandy's on the roster so far. Time will tell. Patrick Velveteen dream. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I guess we're, if we're talking about contestants, I mean, winners. Oh, winners. Um, yeah, yeah. Cause you, you got, you know, you got the Miz and, and, uh, Matt Morgan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maven eliminated undertaker at the Royal rumble one year. Okay. I would not call him a, call him a success, though. <laughs> he went from being a teacher to eliminating the Undertaker. Just and then he that. got destroyed after that. <laughs> oh, man. Hardcore champion, Matt Maven, mind you. Why don't they bring back Tough Enough for Breaking Ground? or Because they don't do the ratings. Yeah. The, cost, really- to, the cost to produce those... Uh, for the ratings it does, it's, it's not worth it. Speaking of cost to produce, did you watch the like four pilots the WWE put on the network at Christmas? The Fashion Files, the Cooking Show, the Botchamania ripoff. Like they all look like they spent maybe combined a thousand dollars to shoot all four pilots. And I guess the Botchamania is already done, and that's the one I'd probably you know probably go to watch. But uh, it looks like there's no new episodes of that. I don't think the Cooking Show either. Um, well, cooking show was like people who didn't know how to cook. I would have been afraid to eat any of those dishes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something. Even the Fashion Police one could have been great, but they made it so cheesy because it was primarily voiceover and just stringing together whatever clips they had to try and tell a story. Yeah, very weak. Uh, anyhow, so Daniel Bryan came out tonight and had with him Eric Rowan, Rowan with the recycle logo for the O. And He's been wearing the same shirt three days straight. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Hey. And they just called him Rowan, I think. Rowan. Is this is this a new name change for him? He is now just Rowan? Well, he well, was Rowan well. with the Bludgeon Brothers. Then they called him Eric Rowan at uh, Royal Rumble, right? Yeah, that's right. And yeah. then they went back to Rowan. And even like his music, uh, <laughs> you know, they went from Wyatt family to this, you know, when he was doing the wine stuff that he was this this genius. So they went, they had that music that they played tonight before they went to the Bludgeon Brothers. Now they're back to this. So kind of going back and forth with Rowan. So Daniel Bryan uh, gave the cow who died to make the pelt a name. The name he gave it was Daisy. Uh, there was a recycle chant going from the crowd. A this Daisy crowd chant awesome. going from a crowd. Um, Daniel Bryan threw. Thank you, Daisy, because yeah. Daniel Bryan was saying, <laughs> "Oh my God, cow's name was Daisy that sacrificed her life for this so belt." He- the crowd is chanting, "Thank you, Daisy." So he uh, <laughs> busted out, threw the belt in the trash, busted out a new belt made out of hemp. And with, uh, what was it, hand-carved wood from a naturally fallen oak tree. Uh, actually, I thought a beautiful-looking belt. If I was going to buy what? a replica of something, I mean, it'd be just a piece of craftsmanship, Raj. A hand-carved out of wood? Mom, You're going to buy that replica. I w- more that. Let me tell you this. As a vegan, I am 110% on board with everything Daniel Bryan is doing. What is weirdly what telling What do jewels about- have to do with being a vegan? What's that? Not the jewels. You just no. change the strap. You still have the <laughs> the jewels and the gold. No, there was there was his own. They were. I was gonna say the strap. Now was like they had pebbles, right? They used pebbles and right. these weird it's rocks. Organically and... sustainable, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. It looked good. 
I thought it was oh very. God, that was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Uh, no, 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 but think about how much the WWE cheaps out on props and how shitty their prop department is normally. <laughs> <I> did here? <laughs> no, dude. You look at the pictures of that. I mean, to have the the, the, the carve they had to put together. That I mean, they put some time in this. I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Bryan like dictated this to the T. Um, they probably spent, you know easily over a thousand dollars getting that made i have a theory on why they did this too i, I get it works in the storyline here with daniel bryan and it's got to be organic and it's funny and it works and all that jazz but also i think it's an excuse for them to reboot the wwe world title and make it blue like smackdown since the raw title is red i, I just yeah. i saw the the blue dash underneath the uh, Daniel Bryan's new organically sustainable championship. And I think that they could be going that route with the SmackDown title as well. Just uh, my random theory. I think it's the ugliest title I've ever seen. I, I don't think Vince will want that belt on TV shows. Like, I think he'll think it's funny for a while. But uh, when not, I saw no, that, and I saw they're going to do a new belt is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. So the, the new WWE championship belt yeah. will not have the red border. But it'll, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. So okay. here's what's interesting about this, though is has PETA, has any vegan or environmental, I mean, the Sierra Club, um, Greenpeace, has any environmental organization or vegan or organization commented on this? I mean, I feel like GLAD has commented every time the WWE has done something that has uh, had to do with gay, lesbian, bi, transsexual. Um, and in fact, I mean, they yeah. got kind of hoodwinked. Just like four days ago, PETA but, tweeted, uh, and they tweet here, let me look it up. Um, yeah, they when uh, Daniel Bryan... Uh, so on the January 25th, they said, thanks to WWE Daniel, Daniel Bryan's uh, compassion for cows, the WWE championship could literally save a life. The wrestling star will request a leather-free belt if he champions the Royal Rumble this Sunday. So, yeah, that was the storyline that he was doing in the media. He was saying he wants a non-leather you know, leather, uh, WWE championship belt, and PETA thanked him for it. So, yeah. The weird, let me tell you, just say the weird thing is as a vegan now uh, of 17 years, um, who has met a lot of vegans and I'm, I'm not nearly, um, you know, I don't give a shit what other people do basically. Um, but I, most vegans I know, they won't throw out something because it's leather. It's kind of like, it's like the cow's already dead. You're actually like doing something far more, you're, uh, dishonoring that sacrifice far more by just throwing it away rather than getting use out of it when it already was there. Can I just say the weird thing is that somebody needs to tell AJ Styles you can't just smoke him. You cannot smoke him. That was the other thing. <laughs> can, that somebody, really can somebody tell him that, please? Poor AJ Styles and his Georgia upbringing there. Mm. Yeah. Um, so AJ to his Kingdom, defense, it was scripted for him. <laughs> yes. Uh, Vince probably believes you could smoke him. Um, although Road Dog, Road Dog should have pointed out, like, man, I've tried. You can't smoke him. Um, you can yeah. eat hemp, right? Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, there's like hemp milk. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing. Hemp protein powder is huge right now. It just it reeks. Okay, so the, the the problem I have with it, and you're right, it was scripted, but it does reek a little bit of AJ Styles has kind of pigeon pigeonholed himself into this corner where he's representing a certain level of, uh, I, I will Ignorance. say, well, conservative values. He's going on conservative talk shows and and doing that and all that jazz. But I, I think that when you come out and you say something like that, it does seem ignorant if you know kind of what's going on here, and it feels like the old fashioned your parents telling you, well, if you smoke wacky tobacco, then you're you're going to be crazy and you're going to be hooked on cocaine and meth and everything else. And it just feels very out of touch. I felt like <laughs> to be the good guy, to be the good guy. It feels very out of touch with where society yeah, is this day. AJ is not coming across as cool in this, but for his demo, you know, I mean, I think he's much more of middle America's champ of the B brand. 
I, yeah. I'm fine with him being middle America. I don't have an issue with that, but write him reasonably, not like just, I just not, you know, I just think this whole feud seems very, uh, entertaining, but very mid, mid, uh, very it's upper mid cardish. Yeah. Freaking you, weird. You look at what Becky and Rhonda are doing and the electricity that, that's out there. Even Brock and Seth, um, you know, Brock and Finn, it's, it's, it's like this serious, uh, real battle for the title. And then AJ and Daniel Bryan with, you know, the, the cork title belt and arguing over hemp and it's just silly. Uh, it's not bad. It's, it's it's still entertaining, but it's not like a larger than life feud by any means. Yeah. No, it's it's weird. I mean, I've said this all. It's very weird because you have Daniel Bryan out there making very good points most of the time. Tonight, the audience having his back with it. He's supposed to be the heel. He got a recycle chant going for Christ's sakes. He's just you're not going to headline WrestleMania with this this gimmick. You know, with with this over the top, it's one thing if that's an aspect of your character, which it was before. Yeah. But when that's all you're 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 becoming a gimmick as opposed to having it being part of your character, uh, it's it's just you you rarely see that lead to uh, you know big main event stuff. Yeah, and I don't think it, this helps AJ um, at all being involved in this. I think uh, this is I don't know. Is this the worst feud AJ's been in? No, 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 I don't think no. I not even close. Okay, since gender, is this the worst feud AJ's been in? Well, gender wasn't really a feud. They had like one match. Yeah. Um, it was it was over quick. No, uh, the Shinsuke feud got real bad down there. Yeah, Shinsuke was true. bad. It got I, real bad. At least they're debating whether you could smoke hemp or not rather than just kicking <laughs> each other in the balls. Yeah, at least <laughs> these guys, their segments are entertaining and everything, but yeah. it just doesn't feel like a world title feud. When I think of Growing up with Hogan and Macho Man, when I think of, uh, you know, uh, Sean and Brett, you know, even more recently, Cena and Orton and uh, Cena and Rock, uh, this is just not, this is just not there. Yeah, so they basically had uh, AJ come out, then Randy came out, then Mustafa Ali came out, then Samoa Joe, then Jeff Hardy. This was weak. All these guys ended up beating each other up, and uh, Daniel Bryan was like, none of them are getting a title shot, and Triple H came on the screen to say that he's defending the title against all of them inside the Elimination Chamber. I just hate that every time they have a multi-person match, this is how they set it up. Their music hits, they come out. Why wouldn't everyone just come out? Right. That's all you <laughs> do to get a world title match to be put in. That seventh guy's in the locker room right now like, crap, I should have walked out there. Right. If I would have told a music guy on time to hit my music <laughs> so I could run out there. I just hate that they just do this build nonstop, constantly. That being said, I thought Samoa Joe was gold on the mic. I thought he was great. Um, and, uh, you know, Randy Orton giving Mustafa Ali crap for being thrown out by a girl. It seems a little pre-Women's Revolution thing. kind Which of is thing. totally Randy Orton. <laughs> so it fits his and then character. he should have been like, hey, shake my hand. oh oh so you know i thought samoa joe had had some great lines but outside of that i just hate that they keep doing the same build for multi-person matches and i just felt like smackdown tonight it was an entertaining show outside of the 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 hour-long tag match what it felt like to me but um (laughs) Uh, it uh it didn't feel as big like big stuff was happening like it did on raw last night I think, and I think part of that is because it's headlined by a feud that, to your point from earlier, Raj, that feud does not feel big and money like the feuds on Raw do right now, and and that's a problem for SmackDown. I, I, you're right; these multi-man segments, I get it. You get everybody in front of the audience; they know who's going to be in the match, and and that cool, do it. But 
it, it feels too scripted. It's like all these guys are ready to run out there so they could do this. If this didn't happen, if those guys had not run out there at the end of the show, would Triple H have still come up on the screen? Like, what what was the plan here, you know, for, for all this to kind of play out? And I, that's the problem I have with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So an okay SmackDown. Uh, but, you know, this this whole run, I mean, I hate to say it. I feel like from TakeOver, the Royal Rumble, uh, from what I caught of Raw last night and then SmackDown tonight, I feel like good, but just not. I mean, I, f- I feel like my expectation was this was going to be a magical run of four shows. And I feel like they did a good job. So it didn't meet my expectations. But yeah. it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was entertaining. But it wasn't a, a post-Rumble big show. It didn't, it didn't feel like it. It felt like another entertaining SmackDown. Yeah. And uh, Elimination Chamber, man, they're going to have to work really hard to build excitement for that. Um, especially when this looming mania thing, Becky versus Ronda is the hottest story right now. Uh, probably followed very closely by Dean Ambrose's contract situation as of today. Um, we got 60, 69 days between now and mania. So elimination chamber is fine. It's not, it, you got to worry about fast lane. Fast lane is the one that nobody's going to give a crap about because they should already be pivoting towards yeah. April 7th or whatever. So fast lane is so pointless. Yeah, you know, anyone, yeah. I don't get it. I, if, if, if these Beep shows aren't really adding pay-per-view, uh, aren't adding networks, network subscribers. You see the big, uh, you know, influx of network subscribers with the Royal, with the Royal Rumble and with WrestleMania. So why throw this other pay-per-view in the way when you could just try to build WrestleMania even stronger, the one event that is going to boost your network subscribers as opposed to a pay-per-view that's not? Here's I have a theory behind that. If you remember a couple of years ago, they cut down. It was last year, maybe it was 2017, when they said they're going to cut back on the number of pay-per-views they're going to do, right? And then they literally added three more over the course of 2018 to kind of bring that number back up. Well, they didn't uh, do it to bring the number back up. It was international, the right. Australia it, and the two, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it, it did end up, unfortunately, side effect, bringing that number back up. But I, I believe part of this is driven by live attendance numbers. Just my theory here, there's, there's not any kind of science behind this, other than the fact that live attendance numbers have been struggling lately. And if you make a Sunday show a pay per view, it's a pretty easy switch to flip these days. Yes, added expense and certain, but they have all that stuff ready. They use the same sets. You get those people to come and attend your show. But it's actually a, a lot of these pay per view tapes. The reason why they did drop it down was because these were becoming money losers because the amount mm. it costs to produce one of these mm. shows. It's, it's, I, I can't remember exactly. I, I know a few years ago it was like 800,000. Actually, this was probably like a decade ago. It was 800,000. So now it's probably over a million to produce a single show. So uh, that live, you know, the, the amount it takes for the live attendance to cover that is just not there with a lot of these when you're getting like 6,000 people, 7,000 people, um, you know, 10,000. Um, so but you'll get you'll get pretty good numbers for like an elimination. How many people will attend elimination chamber? Well, elimination chamber the, st- the stage is so big that well, you know. That's bad one. But but a normal pay per view, how many people attend? I mean, you can get up to it's like eight to tw- ten. You can get up to twelve in some stadiums, right? Twelve to fourteen. Yeah, well, the, the price is so is much better. higher. Price is so much higher for the pay per views, though. I mean, the house shows. Well, not the B shows, though. If you the, look at the the ticket prices for a B show, it's not. It's about the same as a Raw or SmackDown. When I went to, well, Raw and SmackDown still, I'm saying the price difference between Raw and SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown is about 50% pricier than a house show. When I went to No Mercy, I remember at the time, because we went to a house show like a month before, it was twice, tickets were twice as much. Right. But the, there's no, you don't have all the production costs, the giant stage yeah. and all that, you know, you don't, you, the, the, the live satellite feeds and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying as a fan, it's not as worth it. That's why I think people don't oh, go yeah. to these pay-per-views. 
I mean, and I recommend it. I tell every fan. Well, go they, don't to go to, they don't go to live events. They People yeah. go to, pay, not as many pay-per-views, but they don't go to live events. Right. You know, but I'd much rather go to a house show um, than Raw, SmackDown, or pay-per-view. Some of these Absolutely. house shows now on SmackDown, it, I mean, they look like, they look almost like uh, big indie shows, like with yeah. the attendance, you know? It's part of what makes it fun, though. But if you're a wrestling fan, though, I'm serious. I, we, we took my nephew to a house show in Greensboro a couple years ago and to one in Raleigh last year. They are the place to go to get great segments, great wrestling from top to bottom. It is a is a fun, action-packed show. Yes, yeah. 90% of the time, the, the, the good guy goes over. But you go to Raw. Raw is a boring show to attend if you're oh live. God. It is a boring show to attend. Yeah, it, it does kind of, as a fan, I think it kind of sucks seeing the magic, you know, when you're seeing them switching between segments and the yeah. wrestlers kind of leaving on cue and, and uh, you know, that organic feel of it is gone, especially nowadays. It wasn't so much back in the day when I'd go to like Raw and Nitros back in the day. They didn't have those awkward, you know, uh, transitions between matches and segments. Yeah. You know, Nitro, they'd have the Nitro girls come out as, you know, someone went to the back, but... It wasn't as produced. And the problem is the more you produce something, when you have yes. somebody sitting there watching it, it becomes 10 times more obvious what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I think that covers everything, guys. Good uh, Good couple day run here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's been a long four days, but it's been a good four days. I feel like this was uh, one of the better four-day runs of shows that WWE has done. I thought Raw was really – usually, like, if the pay-per-view is good, Raw is going to suck. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. I thought Royal Rumble was long, but it was still I I overall enjoyed it. And Raw I like SmackDown, NXT was great. So yeah, good run. Cool guys. Uh Michael, what do you want to plug before we wrap this up here? Um, I just uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I've enjoyed this. You can always follow me on Twitter at the Real Wiseman. I got some articles going up on the site this week. Um, got some topics in the in the works right now. So please check those out if you want those. Follow obviously Wrestling Inc., but I always post those right there on my Twitter page at the Real Wiseman. Um, I do wink. If you like this podcast, I do Winkly every Tuesday with managing editor Nick Hosman. Uh, we have a lot of fun on that as well. And um, otherwise, um, we, we need to start. You know, let's let's just do a post show every night of the week now, right? Like Edge and Christian <laughs> post show. Let's just NXT. keep this going. Yeah, yeah. Um, Friday night Impact post shows. Come on, let's just keep it going, man. Women let's wrestling and ABC yeah, Saturday night MLW. movie post show. I mean, right. we could just do whatever. You know. Yeah. All no, right. thanks, guys. I've, and, no, and, and guys uh, that are watching live, remember, Adam Rose, anything you want to ask him, the Q&A is about to start on pancakes and power slams. If you want to ask him what he thinks about No Way Jose stealing his gimmick, uh, you know, <laughs> how bad his addiction got and how he managed to overcome that to get to where he is today. He's looking fantastic. So definitely uh, stick around. Uh, go back to uh, Wrestling Inc. Uh, on YouTube. Excellent. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein, where I live tweet along with WWE programming and uh, other wrestling-related tweets throughout the week. And we'll be back here Monday. Myself, Raj, Matt Morgan, talk about Monday Night Raw. Will Dan- Dean Ambrose be on TV? Tune in f- and find out. And we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.